Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shalom. Welcome, everyone. We have once again, thank you so much for Rabbi Av Shalom. He's here. He's going to take teach us today about Sukkot. We're in that holiday right now. Welcome back, Ak Griff. That's Brother Griff. We know we've taught our words. That means Ak, brother. And then Occult Elisa. Occult is sister. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here, Sister Easter. Good to be here. So the robot. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Once again, we're here with the Hebrew Congregation of Houston for awakening our identity and how to move forward. And we're almost there on how to move forward. We've just about gotten there. And so uh, we've learned our words already, and I uh, hope you're using your words. Uh, Yahshua, Yahweh, Shalom, Shalom Aleichem, Aleichem Shalom, Mishpaha, uh, Ahava, those are your words. And then uh, we, were, we learned uh, last week, blessed are you, which is Baragata. So Baragata is blessed are you. So uh, I hope you're practicing your words. And I gave you a website also to go on and start listening to so you can brush up on your Hebrew. Okay. Okay. So we're going to start Easter keeping it real. I know that's one of your favorite parts. What does she have to say today? I'm Easter. Let's keep it real. What God hates. That's our topic today. What God hates. So if you go to Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, let's find out the things that God hates. There's seven things. It says the sixth thing the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Abomination means disgust and hate. He hates a proud look a lying tongue, mm-hmm. He hates the shed of innocent blood. And that's one of the uh, things I'm gonna be talking about today. A heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift to run to evil. Think about that. When it's evil, cause you know, let's keep it real, people like sinning, sinning is a little fun. God hates that. He hates when your feet are swift to evil. So sometimes the answer has to be no, okay? A false witness who speak lies, mm-mm. It lies on there twice, a lying tongue, and a false witness is somebody raising their hand, like in court, bearing false witness on people, mm-mm. And one who discords among his brethren, stirring up things, standing back, waiting for people to kill each other. We know that's going on right now. Our, our president's even guilty of that, huh? We heard that this past week, sowing discord. Proverbs, and we're praying for him too and his family. We, you know, they say you have to pray for everyone. Pray for your enemies, pray for everyone. We're praying for uh, the president and his wife with this uh, coronavirus. Proverbs 8 and 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord, and that's the coming to the wisdom of the Lord, is the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And it says pride and arrogance in the evil way and perverse mouth I hate. Pride, I think with us Hebrew Israelites, that's one of our biggest downfall is pride. And you know, um, and I'm gonna say this, I've been saying I'm part of this Black Lives Matter movement. And then I hear people say, well, what about black on black crimes? 
and I would actually get angry. I'm like, we're talking about black lives with the police officer killing our black youth and killing our black people. And then I experienced something this week. See, God has a way of chastising us and showing us the big picture. So he, uh, I, I said something simple and it could have turned into something big because like my family started coming to my rescue because I stood down. And so then I had to make it right by uh, basically humbling myself. And I said, okay, God, I see what you're showing me right now. Cause that could have turned into something big. That was something so minute. So let's talk about this. Okay, Black Lives Matter. I'm gonna tell you what that means. It means a decentralized political and social movement advocating for nonviolence, civil disobedience and protest against incidents of police brutality and all racial motivated violence against black people. It also campaigns against systematic racism. So we can agree that's the definition, right, everyone, of Black Lives Matter. Okay, so black, brown, because you know they're calling us brown now, Hebrew Israelite, whatever you, uh, you want to title us, but we know we're Hebrew Israelites because that's why we're here. So we have this system against us. You have the job market against us, driving and walking while black, the police, your identity crisis, you're growing up fatherless and motherless, the drug war, poverty, abortion, genocide, sickness, medical malpractice, and discrimination. We can go on and on about what us Hebrew Israelites are against in the United States of America, right? So why is it so hard for our own people to put our pride aside and come together as a nation? Why is it so hard for us to support our own people? Ask yourself that. You know, uh, we are God-chosen people. We are the original Jews, we are his chosen people and we should know better. And now that you know better, because I didn't know for the longest, I'm learning my identity too, you do better. You have no excuse now. We have got to stop falling for United States of America's trap that they put upon us, which was, was basically uh, brutality and, and violence. When we came here whipping us, we whip our kids. We have to stop that. We have, have to get to stop this devil's trap. We have got to stop this media exploiting us and, and, and lying all the time. Like they said, all the black people are loitering. No, it was white people loitering. We even saw police officers out there loitering. I've seen the tapes. When are we going to wake up and stop the trick of the enemy? It really hurts my heart that some of us young and, and older people have to creep around our own people to stop them from hurting us or for us from hurting them. Cause we know with that pride, if we say something and they say something, we say, I better stop now before I'll do something to them. Why? Why? We have to come together as a nation. We have people out there marching with us. We have people up there rising with us and we can't get along with each other. We can't love one another. We can't look out 
for our cult, which is sister, when she's getting in and out the car. I was putting some groceries in last night and a young man came up and asked me to buy a CD. I said, no, I don't want to buy a CD, but you can help me put the groceries in the car because what I was going to do is give him the money anyway, just for, you know, the help. He told me, what am I going to get out of this helping you put your groceries in the car? Is that what we have come to? Is that really, that, that really hurt my heart. I said, young man, I didn't want your CD, but I asked you to help me with the groceries. I will give you the money anyway for the CD. You could have kept the money in your product. Whew. My, 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 my face should be red right now because I, I am crying out for the nation. Okay? So let's humble ourselves. Yahweh, he hates pride. He hates these lies. He hates these things. Let's meditate on that and let's try to do better, including me. I'm going to a funeral once I leave here today of a young man, a minister who died. He died on the couch by himself, heart attack. There's no more going to the hospital, putting the IV in, calling in the rabbi to pray for you. No, this is your spirit is going instantly right now. And you're going by yourself alone, not around your family, around the bed. That's a that's a little fairy tale story. So that's my Easter keeping it real today. And, and I hope that you, I, I, I have tears, but I hope that you hear this plea. I, I really feel like crying. So uh, um, today we're going to do our Hebrew congregation of Houston. Thank you so much, Rabbi Avshalom, for your teaching. Uh, we've learned a lot. We're going to continue uh, to learn more we look forward to hearing about uh, Sukkot. We're in our holiday right now, Sukkot. And I know it's with the boost, and he's going to tell you more about it. All right. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I am, uh, as uh, a host, uh, Sarah, <laughs> I should call her Morah Sarah, which is, Morah is a female teacher. And Sarah is the mother of, uh, uh, you know, she's a teacher, okay? She's a teacher with, uh, you know, of course, you know, Sarah being the, the wife of Abraham. Uh, it's just a blessing to be um, allowed to come on and to share with uh, the family, okay? Mr. Ka, Mr. Ka, uh, the family of Yisrael. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, you, you touched on so many wonderful things, so many powerful things uh and you're keeping it real <laughs> that uh really I, I really began to think of you know think of, of of what's actually going on and why we're in the position that we're in and and then today again as i go into uh just a just a touch into sukkot which is uh eight days today being day one of sukkot uh which is the feast of booths as it is written in Leviticus chapter 23, starting about the 33rd verse, um, I, I have to really think about and meditate on, and, and, and really I'm concerned about us as, as the children of Israel. For those who awakened out of the sleep, I'll put it like this, for those and us who are a part of this, if, if I'm allowed to say this, a part of the first resurrection, uh -huh. let me qualify that. First resurrection meaning 
when you don't have Torah in your life, if you are a child of Israel, it's as if you were dead. Mm. So when you get the spark of life, which is the, the Torah, you, it's as if you are resurrected from the death. So for all of us who are part of this first resurrection, my heart goes out, especially for those that are still asleep mm. in this world system. Yes. You know, and so when we're studying the Torah, which is what, one of the reasons why it's so important to go back and to study the Torah, because if you have received, or if you have received the quickening, as if I may use that term, of the Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKodesh, which makes you alive, brings you life, and you're operating in Mashiach, okay, which is the anointing, mm -hmm. which is able to destroy the yoke. As we read in the, in the scripture, it says the, the uh, yoke is destroyed because of the anointing or Mashiach. Understand that term, Mashiach, okay? That's um, our word. It's very important for us because without the Mashiach, without the anointing, you cannot come out of the world system. Mm. Okay. You may have an appearance of having come out of the world system, but as long as you don't have Torah and you operate in Mashiach or the anointing, you're still dead. And the only thing that's going to bring you out is a combination of the Ruach HaKodesh and Torah, which are one mm -hmm. and the same. They are one. There's no unity. There's no division. There's no division in our Father. He is one. Shema Yisrael, Yahweh, I don't know, Echad. I use the available name there. I should have done that. But Shema Yisrael, Adonai, Eloheinu, Adonai, Echad. Hear, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one God. And everything came from one God, one power. Let me use the term power. Uh -huh. One power, El, power. That's our father, uh, okay? Our father in heaven. And he gave us certain days, or as we call them, Moedim, appointed times to come together. And this is one of them. This is, the, this, is they're all, this portion, this, this Sukkot, this tabernacling is, is a part of that, which is ours. It's our inheritance. It's a part of our inheritance. But we have been, Remember these terms I'm going to give you right now before I, because this teaching on Shakot is not going to take very long. But, but these, these terms that I'm going to give you are very important in understanding, beginning to understand why we are where we are and why our condition as a people, as a people, have not changed. First of all, we have all gone through behavior modification. Okay. We've all gone through behavior modification. If you were born in the United States of America, and I'm not talking about the Caribbean and, and, and Europe, and I'm talking about the United States of America because this is where I was born. My, my, I've gone through behavior modification. My forefathers, my ancestors, our ancestors went through behavior modification. Well, Rabbi, what do you mean by that? Our ancestors, who were, if they were, if your ancestors were caught up in the, the transatlantic slave trade, then you, your, your forefathers, whether five generations ago or six generations ago or seven generations ago, 
went through behavior modification. They were stripped of their language, were not allowed to speak to each other on this in, in transition, even in Benin, Africa, on the continent of Africa in Benin, or in Weta, which means Judah. Okay, in Weta, if you look on the map, you'll see Weta, which means actually Judah. When they were there, when they were captured, they were taken, before they left, they were not able to speak to each other. So, and then they were not even allowed to keep their religious practices, which in most cases, were, they were Torah keepers or Muslim, uh -huh. but more, more Hebrew than anything else or Israelite more than anything else. They were not allowed to practice that. And then the children were snatched from the, the mothers and father is and from the mother's arms and given to someone else or sold to someone else. Uh -huh. And then taught a different way, taught that they were not a people. Had no beginning, had no heritage, no village or anything where you came from. So that was behavior modification, told that they were beasts of burden. They were changing, they were stripped, we was our ancestors were stripped down to nothing. If you pledged in college, well, I pledged, I pledged a Persian rifle. And we were taught when we first went into Persian rifleman that we were lower than an ant. Uh, 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 Lord help us. Lower, lower. And so that same behavior, that same concept was used with, our, with our, our ancestors. We were told, and when you go into the military, you're stripped down, you're zero weaker, meaning you're nothing. The first week that you're zero weaker, you have no standing, you're nothing. And that's what happened to our, our forefathers. They were told they were nothing. And they were, the, the, they were you know, barefooted and cold and, and wet and starving and, 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 you know, chained and shackled and all these things played a part in being stripped down to nothing. That's a part of behavior modification. We're going to bring you back up again as something else. They brought us back up as, and I like to use the concept of chickens. We were brought up as chickens. Uh -huh. And so we lived amongst the chickens. And then we were conditioned. Again, first, our behavior was modified. That was, we were taken down and taken down to nothing. And then they started to condition us to think that we were nobody. We could, they, were, they, were, they were the masses would come in and kill us at random, take, our, take the wives from the husband. Actually, they didn't allow for a while, not even been married, but were treated as a dog or, or, or a horse or a cow, used as breeders. They look at the men and say, that's a good breeder. And they look at that, that's a good sow. She's a good, uh, uh, a good bee. She's you know, a good bitch. She can have a lot of children. Look at her hip, she can have a lot of children. So they bred us. Uh -huh. Okay, so they would condition us to believe that we were nothing. And they could take our lives whenever they felt like it or dismember us whenever they felt like it. All of this is why we are the way we are today. It had a psychological effect on us as a no people. Mm. Mm -mm. Remember, I said a no people. We were in fact dead. We were as if we were placed on a tree as again, strange fruit. What is a strange fruit? It's people hanging, hanging on trees. Tree. And he who hangs on a tree is what? Accursed. Mm. 
So the curse was being revealed to us. Spiritual things were being revealed to us as the children of Israel. Now, the last part of that I want you to get is we're now, now that we're in this condition, we've been conditioned, you know, our behavior's been modified. We've been conditioned to think that we're nothing. We can never achieve anything, right? You can never be nothing. You're not beautiful. You're not handsome. You're not intelligent. And then since for generations, I'm talking about not just one generation, but several generations, I saw my great-grandparents, four generations of us sitting there. I saw that. They were not, at that time, they were not slaves. They were free. But they, they were that first generation out of slavery four generations ago. Mm -hmm. And so now that the awakening, this, this, this first resurrection is happening, we're finding there are many of us that when you try to go to them and tell them who they are or who we are about heritage, they'll fight against you. And that's what we call, and they will actually side with the enemy who actually tore them down and broke them down and captured them. They will side with them. What do we call that? Stockholm Syndrome. So many of us today are suffering from Stockholm Syndrome. And I heard a preacher one time talking about the black man, he never created nothing, he hasn't done nothing, it's the white man that's done everything, oh, wow. everything. And he's up in Northeast United States in the in North. He said, black man, they never created nothing, never done nothing. That man, a preacher, is suffering from Stockholm Syndrome. Okay, he is siding with his captors and actually destroying his own people by telling them that you have never done nothing, you've never created anything. But when you go back and study Kemet, you find that, wait a minute, in Kemet, which is before all religion, you know, they knew the way because they all had the same teaching. Wait, we were building, we had outhouses, we had all kinds of stuff. Temples, we had everything. We started this building though. So again, three terms I want you to get out of this so you can go forward and understand what we're fighting, what we're dealing with. We're dealing with behavior modification. We're dealing with conditioning. And lastly, Stockholm Syndrome. And we deal with that in our family. We don't turn our back on our own flesh. So we want to try to give them, but we have to do it and exercise it in love, which is a part of what we're doing here. What you're doing, Achot uh, Sarah, mm -hmm. is you are helping to, to turn you and your son, Griff, uh, Griff, you all are trying to help us, and you're a part of this thing, this, this first resurrection, and you're dealing with, in many things that you're saying, this behavior modification, conditioning, and again, Stockholm Syndrome. You're going to run into that a lot. Okay, so I want to read something now from our prayer book. And I want you to listen to this because now I'm going to move right into Sukkot. Okay. So. I think Griff had a. Raise your, yeah. Raise your hand again. Yeah. Uh, really quick, uh, Rabbi, as you've been talking, it's just, uh, you know, it's just inspired me in so many ways. And um, when you talk about this idea of we were dead and then now we're coming back alive and, and this like resurrection idea, it reminds me of, and I just want to get your take on this really quick. Uh, it reminds me of Ezekiel and uh, the Valley of the Dry Bones, right? Where the bones were scattered and Ezekiel, God shows Ezekiel all the bones and um, that whole passage. And I just want to see if that is a good metaphor that you would say is going on here in America uh, with us as folks who don't know our identity, but are waking up right now. 
right on point. <laughs> it is right on point. It, in fact, is written for that specific purpose. Mm -hmm. It's one of the, what we call a waypoint. A place where some people are going to catch it in different places. And we all do. We all have our place. We all, you know, here, again, most of us in Christianity did have some kind, some, we did touch on the Old Testament, as we call it, right? Mm -hmm. So, yes, that is one of the waypoints the dry bones that is a part of the teachings when we first start coming in that's what catches a lot of us is that that actually that right there catches a lot of us and makes us realize that wait a minute there's something to this this is a spiritual thing yes it ties the spiritual realm with the natural realm mm -hmm. as we would say it in in uh if i may use it in the spiritual or in the mystics we would say uh i see how is now uh touching in Yitzhak, meaning the place where the angels are is coming and visiting us, is touching us in mankind, in what we call Malkut or or where we touch the Father. You know, so so it's a touching of spiritual things and natural things. That's what that's talking about. I don't I don't want to get too deep into that because that's a part of my Tuesday night class. We get really deep sometimes. We get into in the, the Kabbalah and all this kind of stuff, because we, it's a concept that, that a, lot of, and a lot of people don't know that a lot of the concepts that are taught in Christianity are Kabbalistic or, or receiving, okay? And then we get into that so you understand what you're actually being taught in, in, in Christianity. Because again, we all came from somewhere and most of us are not in Islam or Christianity in this country, you know? So it's very important. Yes, and again, to answer your question, yes. Perfect, okay, perfect. Thank you, Rabbi. So, uh, now I'm going to read this out of the, the prayer that we use. Uh, this is from the uh, Rev Shabbat or the, the nighttime Shabbat that on Friday nights that we would do at home. And, and this is the a part of, of that. I'm going I'm to read this in English. It says, the children of Israel are to keep the Shabbat. Now, today is Shabbat, but today is a very special Shabbat because of what it, it's one of the Moedim or one of the appointed days or appointed seasons. It says, observing the Shabbat through their future generations as a covenant forever. Listen at this. I'm just now just thinking of Shabbat. It says the children of Israel are to keep the Shabbat, observing it, okay, observing the Shabbat throughout their future generations as a covenant forever. Now, if you are saying that you're awakening to your Hebraic roots and you are Israel, then you should be keeping the Shabbat. I don't think I have a I don't think that's an issue for those that are, are on this teaching or those that, that uh, receive this teaching because that's, in fact, you are being resurrected or you're being quickened alive. You're anointing. Your spirit is drawing you. You're being drawn to the Father, okay, our power, he said. So it says, between me and the children of Israel, it will be a sign forever. For in six days, Adonai made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day, he ceased and infused it with a soul. This is, the limit. this is above every holiday you can have is the Sabbath day. So today, being the, the first day of Sukkot, is a very high holiday. It's a very high holiday. And again, let me go back again to our conditioning, right? We didn't know that. And Christianity doesn't know that unless you're in the Seventh-day Adventist church. You don't know that. So this, the scripture, tell, if you go back to the, Again, to the Torah, it tells you who you are, all right? It tells you exactly who, uh, where you came from. And 
what it takes to be a part of Israel or Shar Shar El, people going to God. Yeshar El. It tells you what it takes. And it tells you that this day, this Shabbat, is in fact a part of the contract agreement for the children of Israel. Okay. But in the conditioning, and since we've been brought up to live like chickens, we're not told that as a people. And we're conditioned to say that, well, we do this thing on Sunday because it's the resurrection day when it does not even tie in, it does not fit with what our father has said about himself. Scripture tells us that our father does not change. Therefore, the children of Israel are not destroyed. What does that tell you? He did not change his Sabbath day. He does not change. We must change. And so all of us that have, have been driven away or led away astray by our leaders, okay, need to understand that we need to find the leaders that are teaching us the right way. And, and then you can check that by what the scripture says. Okay, you have to go back to Torah. And again, we fight that because of people that are, are conditioned and suffering from Stockholm Syndrome. So now let me do this. Let me, uh, am I able to share my screen? Or I can just read the scripture. It's, it's fine. I can just read the scripture. If you go to chapter 33 I, in the book of- I can put the, you the, as a host if you want me to go ahead and- No, no it's fine. You can, oh, you, can, okay. you can leave it like that. Cause you, you're, you are taping, right? You're recording. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. good. Just, just go ahead because what I'm reading, what I'm going to read is actually Torah. Okay. Right? It's in Leviticus and, and everyone can turn to Leviticus. So that way we don't have to worry about, you know, transferring. Okay. And if those that want to come on Tuesday night, then I, you have, I send it out to you and you can send it to anyone that wants it, you know, for Tuesday nights and want to get into more deeper because we're, when starting this week, I'm going to start getting into Rambam's Mishnah Torah, uh, which explains a lot of things that are not in the Torah of why we do what we do. Okay. Also, I'll, I'll be thinking about Beta Israel, you know, and the customs that we have as Beta Israel, which is a little bit different, but uh, not much, you know, not very much different. Okay. okay. So, and, and if anyone has any, uh, want to say anything, again, remember, just raise your hand or whatever. And, and, uh, and since, um, uh, uh, Sarah has control of that. I'm glad you do because I get going, I, I forget. So Leviticus um, 23, what, what did I say 23? Yeah, Leviticus 23, 33 is- uh, 33. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, as it reads straight out, and the Israel more, Asher yom lashadish lechodesh lashvi hazza hushkot so ad yomim le Adonai. It says so. Say to the children of Israel, "Dever el bnei Israel." Say to the children of Israel, "Bnei el bnei dever el bnei Israel." Say to the children of Israel, and and again, I say that, and the scriptures say this is not. Rabbi Hayward, this is out of scripture, says, on the 15th day of the seventh month, which is, is Tishri, or right now is, is September, October. So today, it shall, shall be the Feast of Booths. Now, 
right there, and, and if you look at the Ashkenazim, the Sephardim, uh, they build the booths, okay? They build them, but they build them in squares. And, and you, you, you know, I don't, I don't go by that. I don't, I don't accept, I mean, you can do it if that's what, you know, where you are. But we as Israelites, we're so innovative that, you know, and there's nothing wrong with the square booth, but you have to, I think more rationally that if I'm in the desert, if I'm traveling 40 years around the desert, uh, I didn't have time to, to build a square house all the time. And, you know, I'm moving. So what I would do is put up a teepee. <laughs> you know, the, the original people in this country had teepees. And they found out that there were in, in, a, a lot of those people that were original people here in this country were Hebrew. And yet when they traveled from place to place around this country, this turtle island, they used teepees, temporary dwellings. Okay. Booths. So what I did was I purchased myself a, 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 a tent. And it's, you know, a tent, of course, a teepee looks like a pyramid, right? And so when you look at it, it's, it's a triangle. So I have a tent that is a triangle. It's a teepee. And so that's what I'm using this week as my booth. Okay. So again, but it, so if you are not careful, again, and not allow for your own ingenuity to take place, and, and, and you would just, just build that square thing and say, this is it, because this is what the Jews are doing. This is what they've been doing, and you're learning from. And again, we're being conditioned, and we're learning from Europeans, Jews, and there's nothing wrong with that. But allow the Spirit of God to deal with you in that. And so again, I don't build the square house. I build the teepee, and I can take it up and put it down. Right now, if I went out there, it'd take me 15 minutes to break that baby down, <laughs> put it in the back of my car on my horse, and take off ready to go. But if you got that square thing, you're going to leave that. You're going to go right. have to start all over again. Whereas I got mine packed up, ready to go, and I'm gone. My family, we're gone. I can see six people in that baby. Uh -huh. You see? You see, so you see what I'm saying? It's the Feast of Booths. So if you buy yourself a tent that you can keep from year to year and take that baby down, put down, do that. That's the more practical thing to do. But if you decide to just build a thing like that, go do that. That's your deal. But the most important thing is that on the 15th day of the seventh month, which the first, you know, you begin the Feast of Booth. And so Griffin yeah. had, his, had his hand up. Okay. Yeah, so, so, uh, so Rabbi, you know, going back to the word, you know, I always, uh, there's something I always say as well is like, as we're trying to reclaim these traditions, we have to be able to also sift through like the European side of it and like go straight back to the word and take it from the word. And when you go back to the word, it doesn't say create a square thing. It just says, uh, create a temporary dwelling as our ancestors did as they came out of Egypt. Um, but what you're saying makes so much sense to me because uh, it's supposed to be about haste, right? Being able to take it down and go with it, being able to move when God says move. And so these things that are being created, because you know I looked at it as well, they seem too permanent. <laughs> it seems like, like you're saying right now, they seem too permanent when the whole idea of this is the transition, being able to go from one thing to another as soon as God, as soon as the going back to the to our ancestors in the wilderness, as soon as that pillar of fire or as soon as that cloud of smoke move, we got to be able to take up and move with it. Um, and so, you know, I just love this idea that you're saying of like, it's not all about like looking at what they're doing over there and doing the same thing, like go back to the scripture and look at it. And then that question I have for you is, do you put yours in your backyard? Is yours in the house or uh, what's like that process for you? 
my booth is in the backyard. Okay. I set it up so that when you walk out of the back door, and, and you know we have this little porta cachet out there, the little, uh, you know, where you can sit out and have coffee or you sit out and barbecue and all that stuff. But just on the in the grass, I have my my booth set up, mm -hmm. so we can go in. If we're gonna have a meal up there, I take a blanket. I got this big comforter. I take it out and I put it on on the floor, and I take some pillows, and we sit on the floor on those pillows and have our meal. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you go to, if you've been to Israel, if you've been to Egypt, I'll put it this way, if you've been to Egypt um, or if you've been into Israel, even in, if you go into Israel with the Bedouins, get with the, if you ever go to Israel, if you ever, haven't been, or the next time you go to Israel, go down south and get with the Bedouins. Let them take you into their tent. And you'll see how they're set up on the floor, the cushions on the floor. And so that's how I set mine up. Okay. It's right outside the house, the door, about three feet out. You walk through the grass a little bit. You take your you, we take our shoes off when we go in there, which is the way that our custom is. We take our shoes off when we go into the house, okay? And and a lot of you grew up that way. Your mother said, don't go in my house. Don't, don't you take them shoes off. You'll mm -hmm. come out, you know, we, that's yeah. a part of our heritage. Uh -huh. That's in our genetic code. Mm -hmm. So you go into the, to the tent, and you sit down on the floor, and you have your meal, mm -hmm. okay? Okay. That, that picture behind Griff is actually us in Israel where we baptize each other in the Jordan River. So mm. we have been there. And he yeah. has met your family also in Demonia. Oh, okay, great. Excellent, excellent. That's a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd like so, to make a point. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Um, consider the square uh, tents that they make and consider the teepee. Should it rain, that rain's going to sit on that teepee and it's going to fall. It's on that square. It's going to crash in on you. But a teepee is made to roll off. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. That's a great yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> just design-wise. Design yeah, design-wise. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it makes sense, right? Yep, absolutely. So so our last question to you is, I know a lot of us who are uh, trying to observe, we may live in apartments, right? We may not have the means to like go in the backyard where we want to observe. I'm talking about me personally in this, but I'm sure a lot of other folks watching may have the same thing. So do you have any suggestions? Like, uh, you know, I'm thinking about just putting it in the living room, <laughs> just having it in the living room and, you know, doing it like that. But do you have any suggestions to kind of overcome uh, situations like that? Yeah, that, that you can do that, you see? Yeah, in your living room, because what you're doing is you're symbol, it's, it's symbolism. Yeah. Symbolically reminding you that we were, you know, we were sojourners and we're still sojourners now, yeah. right? We're in the, the galoot. We're here. So yes, you can do that. The whole okay. thing is, what is your intent? Uh -huh. yeah. What is your heart's in, your intent? And I want, and every, the, I want uh -huh. everyone to know this is biblical. This is just not, I know it's a transition to becoming a Hebrew Israelite in a mindset, but this is biblical. This is on the Bible. This is Leviticus uh, 2333. Everyone should be transitioning and doing this. Whether you're a Messianic uh, Christian, a Messianic uh, Jew, this is for everyone. It's in the Bible. It's the part that we have skipped and went over to the New Testament. We have to go back. As a nation, we have to go back and get back to the root of this. But go ahead, I just wanted to add that. No, also, that, is, that also, is so, yeah. Also, think about when you were a kid. What did you do? You took your blanket and you made a tent. Mm -hmm. Same thing. It's symbolism. It's where your heart is. The whole book is about where your heart is. Yeah. You know that's that's awesome. 
because again, it's, you know, we've got Leviticus 23. So if I don't get a chance to go through all the scriptures, you can go through it yourself because the day of the Sabbath day, you should go through it, all right? Okay. And, and that's actually, that's the parashah for today is, is Sukkot. The parashah for today is Sukkot, which is uh, Leviticus. Uh, uh, again, you go back to Leviticus 22 and go all the way up through 23. But you can go back and see that. But in your genetic code, there are things that are there that are awakened when you read the Torah, if you are, in fact, of the children of Israel. And if you, you know, so the spirit is going to, to touch you, and it's up to you to accept that, which is what the, what the Father is trying to get to you. And your heart, okay, it, it's, it's so important, the things that we're doing. It is so important for us to understand that. It's so important for us to immerse ourselves in the Torah. Okay, so so this this feast feast of booths is a very important time for us because it's tabernacles and it talks about a time when actually the father was tabernacling with us, he was actually protecting us. See, with the children of Israel in the desert, it was their cloud cover, which was in fact the booth. It was the sukkah, it was protecting. But now we put up the booth to to remember that we have a cover. You see, our father covered us while we were in, uh, we were in the wilderness and there. So we have to return to the father mm -hmm. in this time. It's so important. And, and, and these, the first day, this first day, uh, a part of that is a waving of what we call the Lula, the four fruits. And, and I may not get a chance to get into that, with what they realize, what they, you know, symbolize. But this is us. This is our heritage, what we're going through now. This is our, and for the sake of time, I'm not able to get really deep into it because of the, for the sake of time. But, but, but this is us. This is what the scripture is telling us about us as a people. And I don't care how many programs we come up with in the communities until we return to our ancestral roots and it is built into our genetic code we do so many things that are that are deep in our genetic code that you can't beat that out you can't drive that out. you can't breathe that it's in us i had a rottweiler who had never seen a sheep or a goat but he knew how to herd instinctively and we as a people as the children of israel we know how to worship the Father instinctively. Mm -hmm. There are things in us that cause us to cry out. All we need is direction, is proper direction. And we're not going to get that proper uh, direction until we return to the root, which is in the Torah. Mm -hmm. So if you want to find the Messiah, if you want to find the anointing, you're not going to find it anywhere except for in the word, you see. And, and, and so that it can be applied into your life, into the lives of, the, again, it says, to our children and our children's children. So for, uh, we're chi we, we, we have to give it to our children. We have to pass it on to our children's children. Right now, we're experiencing this resurrection. This 2,000 years, after 2,000 years, I will revive you, which is resurrection. I will resurrect you in the 2,000 years. This is the, two, six, 
this 2,000 years now, we're experiencing that. And so this Feast of Sukkot is a part of that awakening mm -hmm. process, that resurrection process. It says, and I'm going to go to the, 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 the Brit Hadashah, and I says, when Yeshua rose from the dead, many of those that were in the graves rose up and went into the city as, an as a witness to the people. When we were baptized in the Holy Spirit, we received the gift of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit was quickened in us, we, as if we got up out of the grave, and we started to go into the communities and to teach people about the Torah and how to live Torah. So we are that resurrection, as it were. We are part of that first resurrection. We're going out to the nations and revealing to the lost, to the, those that are, are still asleep in the, in the cave of Mechpec, Macbeth, which is in Hebron, well, not in Hebron, but in Macbeth, and, uh, you know, that are there, we're going to waken you, quicken you. I was, I was starting to go into a little bit of the mystical teaching that I had to stop myself there because mm -hmm. I don't want to go too deep into that. <laughs> People are not ready for that yet. <laughs> you know, you got to get Torah first before you get to the mystical things that we teach. <laughs> so, uh, Right. We're still Mariah. on baby food. We're not on meat yet, Rabbi. Yeah, yeah. We're still trying to, <laughs> we're still raising up, right? <laughs> I'd be careful on that, Mariah. <laughs> uh, but but I, how much time are we, how are we looking on time? Oh, I, I haven't been keeping track, but uh, whenever you're ready uh, to wrap it up, we probably got about 10 more minutes. Whenever you're ready to wrap it up, I'd like for you to end us in the prayer this evening. Okay. Okay. So um, let me go ahead and get back to my scripture reading because I don't want to be freewheeling too much. You know, I get, <laughs> like I said, I start getting into the mystical things I shouldn't get into. Right you did mention on Tuesday, uh, uh, you'll give me a, a, a site or something. And so if you want to get in depth, he does have a, a Rabbi Avshalom has a class on Tuesdays also. Right. And there, there are some times that I might not be able to do that, but I have other rabbis that can take over. Okay. okay. That will be able to teach. And they are... Um, these these brothers I know, and they're brothers, and <laughs> they're all brothers. <laughs> they, they, uh, they they uh, you know they they're really really ad adapt into the word. They they'll you know I have to just tell them what we're learning, and they can get right into it. Okay, so I will send you the link. Okay, I'll send okay. you the link, and you can just forward it to anyone who wants it. You know, and and then they can because uh, you already you already get it anyway, because I send it out. I used to yeah. send it out about six o'clock. So you get yeah. in that same link, just send it to me. And okay. I just have to make sure that I'm watching so I can see when they come in so I can let them in the room. Okay. Because I'll get focused on one thing and not see that they're trying to get in. Okay. Uh, Maisha told me that. Elisha Lisa told me, say, hey, you had people in there trying to get in and you didn't let them in. <laughs> you know, she brought me a little, a little note showing up to her. I look, I said, oh my goodness. <laughs> So uh, that's okay. Yeah. You forward me the recording, so I listen to yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. This says, uh, so the first day you shall be a sacred occasion. You shall not work at your occupations. Okay. Um, you know, and that's exactly what it means. You, it, again, we're in a galoot, and oftentimes we don't have control over that. Working on our one to work on our job, we don't have control, and we we're here, so we have to be. Um, we have to but understand that, okay? We have to understand that. And, and so having said that, 
again, I know that I gave you the scripture so you can actually go and read that. I want to give you some other terms, all right? I want to, that's all I want to do. I want to give you these terms. The first one is, is mitzvot, mitzvot, M-I-T-Z-V-O-T, mitzvot, okay? Or mitzvah, singular is mitzvah, mitzvot is, sing, is, is plural. And it said, these are moral deeds, okay? Uh, that we performed within our, our duty, our, uh, they say, it says religious duty, but it within our duty. So those are mitzvot, you know, or, Come, uh, you know, duties, works, the things that we do. And a lot of times that's tied to the prayers in the morning. You know, this is what we do in the morning. Those are acts that we do. We call the mitzvot or a mitzvah. I did a mitzvah. Okay. So, so Rabbi, connecting that, when somebody in the Jewish tradition has a bar mitzvah, I'm guessing that is connected to that word. Can you give a little context to that? Yeah, that's what that is. Actually, that is. It's, it's a, a something that is commanded all right to do we're commanded to do that in the in the torah so we do that uh, uh the milah. let me put it that way the brit milah what is brit milah that is the covenant of circumcision okay brit is the covenant milah is circumcision all right so that's a mitzvah okay that's one of the mitzvahs right and we do that now a lot of people have a, a, an issue with that being of age and say well i want to be i want to join the israelite community but do i have to do the Brit, Brit uh, Milah. And I say, yeah, you have a year to do it, right? You have a year to do it. And it's just, it's a part of it. It's a part of the contract agreement. And so, you know, it does, now if you're just doing it for health reasons, it's not a mitzvah. That's for health reasons. But if you're doing it in order to be in the contract agreement, right, because it's a command, that's the right attitude. It's all about the attitude. Again, when you're doing the mitzvah, it's all about your attitude when you're doing something like that. Or keeping this, this Sukkot, it's a mitzvah. It's a duty. We're supposed to do that. Giving tithe, well, we don't do tithe right now. We give offerings now. We don't have a temple. We don't have the, the priesthood, so we don't do tithes, right? But we do offerings, mm -hmm. right? That's a mitzvah. That's a positive mitzvah. You know, and so that's what that is. Okay. So, 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 so Rabbi, that word bar mitzvah is the is the boy taking on to his own that he will start to do the mitzvahs, or you know, he he's responsible at that time. He is a okay. baby. He's responsible to do those to learn Torah. In other words, he's responsible to learn Torah because you don't know how to, what mitzvah to do until you learn Torah. Okay. And and then okay. Now watch this. And then with that. The mitzvah, right? Learning the myth to do the the acts. Then you have to. That's when the oral Torah comes in and all this stuff of how to do it. Sometimes you don't really understand how to do it. It's not explained how to do it in the Torah. So we have the Mishnah in order to explain what is actually going on. Like when you go into the, I didn't get into it today, but I can do it on. I do it on Tuesdays. It's like building the the sukkah. You know, they have these dimensions. Again, I throw that out because we're going to do it with a tent. Or TP, right? But it explains the the height, the width, and the depths of it in the Mishnah, right? Okay. So yes, the the bottom mitzvah, right, is the son. He becomes the son, right? Like goes into to to do his mitzvah or you know get ready to accept. He's a child of the command. 
He okay. becomes the son of the commandment. His bat mitzvah. And the bat mitzvah is the, the, the lady or the, the, the female of the command. You're responsible for learning and doing the commandments. Okay. okay. In other words, learning. That, Rabbi. Okay. Now, the malakha, there are 39, 39 malakot. And, and, and this is forbidden work on the Sabbath. It's called the malakha. Okay. Okay. Malakha. Those are the 39 forbidden duties that are done on Shabbat that should not be done on Shabbat, but they all deal with the Mishkan, the building of the Mishkan, or again, occupation. Okay. So that's another term that we need to understand when we're dealing with Shabbat and the Moedim. Is one, the Mishpot, which is on a daily basis, but again, it, it happens to deal with also the Moedim, and then the Malakha, which is the work that is forbidden, like today. There are certain works that we're not to do. Now, and I think that's what we need to uh, teach next week is the Shabbat, yeah. um, every, what we need to do every Friday and Saturday. So okay, if we, we can go into that next week, that'll be a good teaching for us. Yeah, we can do that. We'll do that. Right? Okay. okay, next week we'll do Shabbat. Okay. okay. And uh, now with that Shabbat, see, that's the big deal. And that's what a lot of the arguments or discussions or challenges far, uh, fall on Malachi, what is forbidden and what is permissible on Shabbat. Okay, we'll get on, we'll start getting into that like next week. Okay. okay. And then uh, along with that, there's what we call, uh, the, the spelling of Malachi is M-E-L-A-C-H-A-H, Malachi. And there are 39 of them. Okay, Malachi. And then after that is the Mingha, uh, which is accepted tradition. Mingha is M-I-N-H-A-G. Uh, and that's Mingha, accepted tradition. Now each community and each congregation, or I should say each community is gonna have a, an accepted tradition. For instance, if you go to the Baptist church, there are things that they do when they go in, you know, when they start their, their liturgy in the morning, if you go into the Church of God in Christ, first thing they do is they'll bow down and they'll say a little prayer and then they'll get up and they take their seat. That's a tradition. Mm -hmm. I don't know much about the Baptist tradition, uh, you know, but I do know a little bit more about the, again, the Church of God in Christ and the holiness churches where they do that. That's one of the things they do. Uh, and so there are different things that are in, in Jewish society or, or uh, their are different in the different communities like Ashkenazim would do something and Sabi, Sabadim would do things, uh, you know. And so, and I use those two because those are the ones that we run into most of the time, right? Uh, we don't get into the others, Moroccan, which is Sabadim. They have these things that they do and don't do, things that they do allow and don't allow on Shabbat, okay? And so those, and, and things how they live their life, like, you know, something like take off your right shoe for, or put your right shoe on first, then your left shoe, tie the left shoe, and then tie the right shoe. You know, they don't, you know. I mean, and people live by that. And they, and, and, and whether you can tie your shoe on the sabbat, you know, those are things you have to be aware of. Mm -hmm. And so we'll get into those next week. And then the next one is Humrah, H-U-R-A-H. And that's restriction this optional humor i just mean that it's optional okay so we have well, a lot well thank you so much for the uh shakat uh teaching today 
And as we heard, uh, next we were going to get into Shabbat, which is every week, so we can start uh, celebrating that. And I uh, discussed that we also are going to start coming up with a, a prayer at some point that everybody can say at 6 p.m. every day. I think that would be great for us. Uh, and so um, we're going to Houston, Congregation of Houston, will be here every Saturday. Uh, we pray that you join us next week. And if you can, thank you so much for everyone joining us here today. And Rabbi Avshalom, if you can go ahead and um, if you have anything else to say and then lead us in prayer. Uh, no, that that's that's all. Um, that's all. Now, but on Fridays, we do have a prayer that we do in the afternoon. Uh, again, it's, it's called the, the Mingha or the afternoon or the meal offering at six o'clock. And then after sunset, we have another prayer that we do. But on Friday, there is a set prayer that we do. And that's according to, again, the, the Mingha, right? That's according to the Mingha. Uh, it's, it's our set tradition, which is in our, our liturgy or in our prayer book, okay? Our prayer book is, is what we go by, our, our Sadduin is what we really go by. It teaches us, it helps us to, to live the life of Torah. And Father, we just thank you right now for your word. We thank you that you have given us your Torah. We thank you that you've given us and caused us to be the light to the nations through yes. the Torah. We thank you for sending your, your, your anointing upon us, which is according to, in accordance to your word. We thank you that you have opened our eyes that we may see and you've granted us ears to hear and a mouth to proclaim your wonderful works. And we thank you, Father, that you have, again, filled us with your, your Holy Spirit and, and as we say, May the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and smile upon you and cause his face to shine upon you. And may the Lord grant you his peace. And he shall put, they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. Shalom, shalom, shalom aleichem. Shalom. All right. Thank I did you. give you the priestly benediction. All right. Thank you. So. Okay, so I ended the. Uh... Still recording, Sister Easter. <laughs>